John chapter 21. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. God is good. Lord, you are so good. God, even, even when I throw my own pity party and ter- temper tantrum, or, yes. Because misery always loves company. God, you're still good in all that. John chapter 21, verse 3. And if you've been here with me for the past eight months, you've heard me preach on these same verses. But like I said before, the word is alive, it's living. And if you stay in it, you can read it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And God will speak to you in different ways every time. Because it it never becomes unteachable. It never becomes just a regular word. It's always life-changing. If you will read it and listen. And I believe that's in churches, in church, in our own personal lives, that that's where we've messed up. We've become so wanting to do it our way and the fast way and this way that that we may read and we may come to church, but we never take the time to listen to what God wants to do. It's the reason I don't get in no hurry because if I get up here out of my own self and, and, and take God out of the equation, you just got maybe a, a horrible horrible motivational speaker because I can't even speak that well but when we give time for God to move that's when things start changing in your personal prayer life don't let it be all about just your prayer your prayers take the time to listen to what he's saying to you the wound for somebody. John chapter 21, verse 3. It says, Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. Y'all gonna stay with me a little while? They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Wonder why. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded up his fishing coat unto him, for he was naked, 
And he did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring the fish which ye have caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land of great fish. A hundred and fifty-three, for all that were so many, yet was not their net broken. I want to speak to you just for a couple of moments on the tale of two nets. The tale of two nets. Thank you, Philip. Now, if y'all get quiet on me, I might go a little longer. We see this story here in John chapter 21 after one or a couple of the days have passed of one of the most horrific times in the disciples' lives. A time where they didn't understand why things were happening. They didn't understand why their Messiah, their King, had just been crucified on a cross and had died. They didn't understand these things. They were, you can find them in other stories before this, locked in fear in a room because they were scared of what people or what the, the governments or, or the, the governments or the, the Sanhedrins, the, what they would do to them if they found out who they were. They were scared they might be crucified too. So you can find them locked in rooms, the Bible says, out of fear. Out of fear, they locked themselves in their rooms. And I want to preach to you this morning on tying this story into the church. There's, there's two ways I can go here. So this will probably be this week and next week's uh, uh, sermon. So, but I want to preach to the, the church, I reckon, this morning is the way I feel. The church has been through things. We, last year was one of the worst years that we can think of as far as the, the church got shut down and, and all that happened. And I can see that a lot of people and a lot of churches and a lot of Christians locked themselves in fear of what people would think about them, what the government might say to them, what actions they may take upon them. And we can find the disciples the same way, locking themselves in a room because they of what might happen. But can I tell you, like I said Wednesday night, it's only going to get worse for Christians. And it's only going to get worse for the church. So I'm asking ourselves, and I ask us Wednesday night, when is enough? When is enough? When do we not follow? And who knows? They may, they may censor this right now. And I'm not talking about the Bible says to follow the laws of the land and thing, but, but when it comes against the word of God is where you got to draw the line in the sand. So when will it become us as a church, as a Christians, when do we start drawing that line in the sand and says, I'm not going to do that because it goes against the word of God and it goes against what I believe because for far too long we have locked ourselves up in fear 
Even though there was an empty tomb, they still locked themselves in fear. Even though we just celebrated Easter and we know he is risen, we are still locking ourselves in fear of what the government might do to us or people or, or anything might do to us. So where do we draw the line in the sand? I said Wednesday night, whatever happens, because there's 16 different strands of the coronavirus now, whatever happens, I said, I will not shut the church back down. The doors will not close for the church because the people who want to come to the church, the people who need the church, they will come through those doors. I'm not knocking you if you stay at home. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. You say you don't take I take it real, but I also serve a real God that is far more powerful and far more all-knowing. The end results for me is an eternity in heaven. If I bow, the end results for me is an eternity in hell. And then I will have to stand and answer for all of y'all. And that's, that's not going to happen. So where does the church draw the line in the sand at and say we will not do it? We will not comply. We will not do with this. And so we find the disciples here in John chapter 21 where they have went back, the Bible says, fishing. And y'all have heard me teach on this before because you can go to Luke chapter 5 if you want to. And I'm going there right now to Luke chapter 5 of, of Simon's conversion. They're so similar Luke chapter 5 and John chapter 21 are so similar. The first one, though, is John being converted or Simon being converted as he follows after Jesus. But John chapter 21 is when he has followed Jesus for three and a half years. And now he is fearful. Now he don't know what to do. And now he's on an all raid. He goes back to something God called him out of in Luke chapter 5. And I believe we can see the picture of the church in these. And I'm going to try to tie that in for you. Luke chapter 5, verse 3, it says, He entered, into, um, into, he entered into, into one of the ships, and this is Jesus, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So Simon, we know, is when he has his revelation and his name's changed to Peter, Simon, it says, Jesus tells him, upon this rock, I will build my church. So Simon is the type of the church here. So instead of saying Simon's name, you can say the church. And, and it says he entered into one of the ships was our vessels, which the church, he entered into the church and prayed that they would thrust out from the land. What did he pray for? He prayed that they would thrust out he prayed that they would trust him he prayed that they would obey him and thrust out from the land because land represents uh, something that is stable something that that you have a solid foothold on something that's not that that it's a foundation that is familiar that you know you can go to land and be safe but if you're on the sea you could face a storm if you're on the sea you you're you're in the wheel of the wind and the waves or, or whatever so he's asking them will you trust me to thrust out a little bit from the land from familiar places, from a place that you, you think you've got everything figured out. So he asked the church back in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost the same question. What did he pray for for them? Well, he prayed for for them in John chapter 
14, verse 16, he said, I will pray that the Father, he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And in John 14, 26, it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I'd said unto you. So he has prayed for the church in Acts chapter 2 that they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 5, he prayed that you trust me, thrust out a little bit. Acts chapter 2, it's the same thing. He's, he's prayed for the Holy Ghost that you would trust him to be able to thrust out a little bit, to leave a place of familiarity, to leave a place that is certain, to leave the things, all things behind and follow after him and tarry and wait upon him to lead and to guide and direct your life. So when the church was born, you can see it in Luke chapter 5. He prayed for the church that they would get power of the Holy Ghost. He prays for the church that they will thrust out and leave what they have once been taught and go after him. And in Luke chapter 5, we see that when he tells Simon, which is the church, will you trust me? Will you trust me to leave the land and, and, and follow after me and listen to me? And then he says in Luke chapter 5 that he taught out of the ship. After he thrust out a little bit, he taught out of the ship and taught the people. In Acts chapter 2, after the Pentecost had come, Brother Bird, what do we find Peter doing? Standing up and preaching, teaching the people, and standing up amidst everything and telling them all about Jesus and all about what happened. And, and souls were saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. So after he teaches in Luke chapter 5, he asks them, will you go a little further with me? Well, you go out into the deep, the deep places. That's where the catch is. That's where the, the broken is. That's where the hurting is. That's where the homeless, that's where failures happen. Will you go out into the deep places and trust me? And Peter looks at him and said, Lord, we have fished all night long. We have toiled and toiled and we have caught nothing. We have caught anything, but nevertheless, Jesus tells them here to cast your nets, plural, with an S in Luke chapter 5. But he says, nevertheless, he said, I will let down my net, not plural, just one net. Just one net. When will the church realize there's so much more? There's nets of harvest out there. And why do we keep letting down one net when God is so much more powerful, when God is so much more than? When will we understand who he really is and believe it when he speaks, when he says nets, that we do the nets instead of the net? But for a long time, that's what we have been doing. God has been speaking and we have been limiting him when he says nets and we just throw a net. And they let it down. And because of this, because they didn't obey him, the Bible says in Luke chapter 5 that the net began to break, or the net broke, it says. But luckily, there were other ships around them. And these other ships came to the rescue. And they filled all the ships that they began to sink. Well, I believe we can see a picture of this in Acts chapter 2 when the, when, when, when the church was born and he asked us to thrust out and trust in him and he prayed that we would be endued with power to go out and be a witness to him to all Samaritan and, and, and all the ends of the earth and we've done that but all these years he's been calling for nets and nets and nets and the church has only done a net and a net and a net and we have our net has broken and we've lost so many fish. But the good thing about Acts chapter 2, Brother Bird, is, is they captured some of these fish. 
Because it says they had all things in common. After this, after they got the Holy Ghost got poured on them, it said they, they eat daily, they break bread, they taught in each other's houses. They had all things in common. Common unity was there. People were, were coming together and they were serving one pur- purpose. And so even though the net broke, they were together. We see that in Luke chapter 5 where other ships came and helped them get the harvest. Other, other people. But for years now, the church hasn't been able to come together in unity. At one time in the beginning, yes, there was unity in the church. But still, they were still, we were losing people because we weren't fully trusting in who God is. And, and we have a church on every corner now. And our nets are broke. And fish are escaping. So for, for years now, after the, after the church was born, the church has seen it. It's, it has seen. It has seen mighty revivals and mighty conversions. And it just like the, the disciples, when they seen mighty miracles by their hands, they seen all these things after the Pentecost. They went through trials and tribulations. The church has been through trials and tribulations. The disciples, most of them were martyred for, for doing what they did. The church has been on trial now since it was born and has went through some things. But I believe we have lost. Instead of in Luke chapter 5, now we're in John chapter 21 as the church. And we've locked ourselves for fear of all that's going around and all that's going on. Even though, like I said, the tomb's empty. And in, John, in Luke chapter 5, he calls Simon out. He said, you won't fish no more, but you'll be a fisher of men. And then in John chapter 21, after the trial, after the church had denied Jesus, in which Jesus knew, but after the churches denied him, and they're out there in the midst, he says, I go back fishing. The church in the last several years has been denying Christ. Let's just be honest. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We want to look like everything that God looks like. We want to, we want to put on everything that God, but we have no power. We have, we have been denying through the, through the time where Jesus needed us the most. The night he went through, we have denied him and let the, that everything in this world, governments and laws and, and all these things pass because the church has denied the power of God and we have put on a form of godliness in our lives, in our churches, and we have locked our doors from the outside world because of fear of what people think or what we think we should look like if you don't look like us and act like us then we don't want you in here and we have lost more fish than we could ever 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 imagine we've went back the church has actually went backwards yeah is our worship and what we've done as far as moving forward in technology and things like that, have we moved forward? Yes, but we went backwards in the power of God and who He is. And we're losing fish. John chapter 21, they go back to what God had called them out of. And He said, He entered into a ship. 
he didn't, Jesus in Luke chapter 5 asked him, will you thrust out? Jesus got in the ship and said, will you thrust out? I pray you will thrust out. In John chapter 21, Jesus ain't there. And, and guess who thrust out on their own will? Peter, Simon, the church. They said, we'll take matter. We'll take it into our own hands. We'll thrust out ourselves. When God didn't say thrust out, when you, you're fearful of what is even happening and what is even going on in your life, and the church is fearful of what's happening and things that's going on in our life, and we'll say, we'll take it into our own hands, and we'll thrust out under our own will, and we'll do things the way we think we should do it. And what's going to lead to? What is it going to lead to? Well, we can see it. John chapter 21. Again, you find Simon Peter, the church, some of his disciples, fishing all night long, catching nothing. Catching nothing. And Jesus shows up on the scene here. Said that night in John chapter 21, last part of verse 3, and they caught nothing. But when morning was now come, say this right because I think I've said it before when morning was now come that means it's time to wake up the morning time is when you become awakened out of a state of sleep out of a state of slumber out of a state of rest but if you never wake up You'll sleep right through the morning into another night. I believe we're in a time right now that, that Jesus is saying, yes, you've went back fishing, but it is morning again. It is time for you as a parent, a grandparent, to wake up. It is time for you to quit going back to the life that you was called out of. It's time for the church to wake up, to quit going back to thinking they can do it all on their own and wake up. I'm looking for a church that is awaking out of its sleep because I am sitting there on the bank waiting for you to come back home, waiting for you to come back to me. Luke chapter 5, Jesus got in the boat and went out with them. John chapter 21, Jesus is on the land because they left him. So they have to get, Jesus don't go walking to them. He don't run out and walk on the water like we've seen him done before and say, what, have what are y'all doing out there? No, he sits on the land patiently, builds him a fire, gets some fish, some bread. Are you coming back? I've got it all right here. What you are striving for on the sea, what you are striving for on the sea, I've got it prepared right here on the land. What we have made church out of and strive for church to be and strive to get the fish and strive to catch the fish Without him, because we've turned from him and left him back on the land, he is saying, listen, what you're striving for, I can provide for you if you will just come back to me because you have left me on the land. You have left your first love. So we find this church striving for something God can provide. 
and they still come up empty. The morning Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew that it, was, that it was, wasn't Jesus. A lot of times I believe Jesus shows up in, 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 in churches and we can't even tell it's him no more because we're too busy. It's all about us. It's all about us. We're striving. We're trying to do it. We're trying to do everything. And Jesus is like, hmm, do you not see this fish and this fire? Do you not see this? What's wrong with you? And he shows up. We don't even know he's there. Then he asks him a question. Do you have any meat? He finally sits there and watches them like these dudes. For three and a half years. I've showed them all these miracles and seen, and they've seen who I was. And look at them out there tolling and and probably bickering and fussing at each other because they've, they've been awake all night and they hadn't had any sleep and nothing's going right and they're in turmoil or disunity. Can't, don't like with the picture of the church. It's just they've been doing, doing what we want to do, disunity, bickering amongst one another and Jesus is sitting there watching and like, oh my Lord, what is going on? Do you not see I'm here? Do you not see I have everything that you need? So finally he says, do you got any meat? He already knew the answer. No, of course you don't have any meat. He was asking them, do you have any substances? Do you have anything that is real? No, you don't have nothing that's real because you've done it all on your own self. 21.6, and then he said, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. They cast therefore and now they were not able to draw for the multitude of fish. It's time we listen to him. It's time we wake up, listen to him, and start putting our net on the right side. Putting your net on the left side or the wrong side, to me, this is just me speaking in my own way God spoke to me, is that's the side the world's net's on. You're putting it out there because this is, the, this is the way everybody's doing it. This is the way everything's going. Let's just join in with them and put our nets out there. Maybe we'll catch one fish every now and then. Maybe we, we won't, but hey, at least we're doing it like everybody else is doing it. It's the wrong side. Jesus said it's time to draw a line in the sand, the right or the left. Put your net on the right side and see what happens be different from what everybody else is doing because I'm not in that. I'm not in the, the, the what everybody else wants to do, but I am in what I want to do. And if you'll do what I want to do, then you'll be able to put your net on the side I tell you to put your net on, and you'll catch the fish that I need you to catch. And it says they caught 153 fish. Why 153 fish? Now you can go study this and you can get some theologies and all kinds of ologies and, but we won't go that, down that road. This is why I really want you to listen to me as this body of believers. Is I believe it was 153 fish because if he had caught 154, the net would have broke. 
Let's read this right quick. Therefore, disciples whom Jesus loved said unto them, Peter's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He girded up his fishing coat, and that's for next week. And cast a man's into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but 200 cubits dragging with their nets. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire, cold fish laid there on bread. Jesus said to them, The fish which bring to me with the fish you have caught, Simon Peter, the church went and drew Simon Peter, which even though the other disciples there, the church went and got the net, dragged it to land full of fish, 153, for all there were so many yet was the net not broken. So what if it would have been 154 fish? Then all that they had done would have been lost because they would have had a hole in the net. What if 154 fish was all, 153 was all the net could hold? It was, it was strained but not broken. It was everything that it could contain but still it was not broken if that 154th fish swam in there then the net could have broke and then all that they had done would have been lost the nets were strained but not broken they were strained but they were sustained the first miracle in this story is that they went from zero fish to 153 fish just like that Here's my illustrations. These are not door prizes. All right, if each disciple would have been in the boat with his own line and Jesus would have showed up and said, cast your line on the right side of the boat, you know how many fish he could have pulled in? One. One fish. But if everybody takes all their lines and we take what's made up of each one of them and we, we weave them in together and we, we weave them and interlock them and interconnect them and then we build a net from each other's lines, then how many fish can we catch? This is what I'm asking this body to do. Take your line. Put it with somebody else's line. Start weaving and building a net. Because if each one of us has all our individual lines in the water, we can only catch what we can. What we can. But if we take everybody's line, build a net out of it, and when God says cast your net on the right side, then we can catch the fish that he wants us to catch as a body of believers. Amen. But your net is still then is only as good as it is made up. What if one of the lines in this net, one of you says, I don't do that. I don't carry a load. Then guess what? There's a hole in the net right there. 
Because it takes every fiber of this net, every person doing their things together for the net not to have any holes in it. The moment you think you cannot serve, the moment you think I can't do that, that's not me, guess what? You weaken the whole net. So if we had caught 153 fish and you decide I don't like it that way and you become weak, everything that we have done as a body of believers is lost. And this is the sad part right here. What if that morning, the 154th fish come through the door and it was your prodigal that you had been praying for? Hmm. And because our nets, glory, hallelujah. And because our nets was not strong enough that that prodigal Slip right through the hole. The one you had been praying for, the one that was in that box over there, the one you have spent nights and weeks shedding tears over and calling out to God. What if that morning, because somebody says, I don't, I don't want to carry, I don't want to lift, I don't want to do that, that a hole becomes in the net and that fish gets out? Wouldn't that be sad? The capacity for the net depends upon us. The capacity of the net, I'll say that one more time, depends upon us. To be willing to carry, to be willing to, to not be content. So what I'm saying here this evening, Philip, if you want to come, or this morning, try to, it might be this evening. If you want to come try to slow me down. When everyone's carrying the load that they can carry, the capacity of the net expands to get bigger. Because the church is the only place where a patient comes in and they leave a physician. That means when that person comes in, they should leave out with one of their lines inter, inter, intertwined with our net. And then we expand. But for so many years, the church has only been the, the sick people have came sick, they've gotten well, and they've sat down. When the church is designed for somebody to come in, the broken, the hurting, the lost, get well. And then at that point, when they get well, they become a, have their, they become a part of, of the restoring of that, of that equation. They become a part of that. But the problem is, I, I don't, oh Lord, help me. I started to say something that y'all might fire me over. I don't know. The problems we have is, yeah, we may have 153 people in here. But how many are still coming sick every, to, every Sunday to church? And we can't expand our nets. We can't get any bigger. 
And then are we strong enough that when God sends that 154th, are we strong enough that we catch them? And then all is not lost. All that's not lost. There's a story of the lost and found counter at the airport. A man had lost his wallet on the plane and he went to the lost and found counter and him and his buddy and they looked at the lady and was like I've lost my told him hey, he's lost his wallet on the plane and the lady just rolls her eyes back in her head and she's even though she's working at the lost and found because they presented her with a problem even though it was her job but they presented her with a problem. She was like, but if somebody would have come to him and said, I found this wallet to her, she would have been happy and rejoiced. Hey, we, we found the wallet. We found the wallet. That's the way the church has gotten. When it presents a problem, we're like, ah. But when somebody comes down to the altar and gets saved and gets found, we rejoice. Yes, yes, yes. We don't want the problems. We just want to, we want to concentrate on the found part, Brother Bird. Not what it took to get them there. Even though we work at the hospital, we want to celebrate our minds or too much on the, the found part instead of the We may not have only the attitude. I found that we, I found that the wallet was, well, it was brought, which she would have celebrated. But like I said, he presented a problem. May we not have only the attitude to celebrate the found, but we grievely look for the lost. If she, if she had to come to her and she'd be like, "I'll do anything I can to help you find your wallet. We're gonna find it." But no, it was a problem. The church, we have to grieve for the lost. Celebrate the found, but let us grieve more to help the lost. If you would, stand with me. is beautiful let me tell you how God works as I was praying about this sermon like God and I was in here just like I do pace back and forth and walk and pray and I stopped here at the Bible so I said I'll read what, what it's open on and right here it is open on John chapter 21 and I read the story that I just preached to you. I mean, it is, if you want to check me out. So God was like, yes, that's what I want you to preach. The church was born once in Acts chapter 2. And God prayed for the church to send the power 
to get this word out, to, to give us the authority. But through the years, we have lost. We never cast our nets. We only casted one net. It broke. Luckily, there were some churches back when churches weren't against each other to help capture some of those fish. And now we're at the point where we, the church is just, let's go back fishing. Let's do it our way. Let's put our nets where everybody else's nets are and catch what we can catch. But I'm asking you this morning, like I said, this it was a message for the church, to take all your lines in and build a net with me. That when he says, cast it out, we all cast. We all pull. And for not any weakness to become in this net, that we're all in it together. Because like I said, wouldn't it be so sad if your loved one come through those doors that morning and because somebody didn't want to operate, that they slip right back out of the net because of us because of us so I asked the church to wake up put our lines together at whatever the cost serve the kingdom and let's build a net that we can catch fish with that's what we were called to do that's what we were called to do Lord I thank you for this time I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that, that us as the church, God, we wake up. God, we draw a line in the sand. We put our nets, Lord, on the right side, which you're calling us to do, God. And we all, God, get in this thing together. God, because there's so many lost out there. God, let not a week's point become in our net, God, that people can slip through and all be lost, Lord Jesus. As long as we're in unity, God, with you, Lord Jesus, as long as you are being lifted up, God, you will tell us where and when and how to throw the net. God, and the harvest will be great. Lord, that the prodigals will return home. God, you will be glorified. God, that we will not lock ourselves in a room for fear. God, of what governments, God, and officials say or the world says, God, but we will stand strong with our nets in our hands, casting every day out into the world, God, that's out there. God, that we will be the light that you need in this dark time. We forever give you the praise and we forever give you the honor, forever give you the glory. If there's anybody in here that you say that, I won't. I open the altars for salvation. If you need God in your life and you have told all night long, and you've caught nothing if that is you as he goes to sing please when he starts singing make a commitment and move out of your pew and I will pray with you down here and if you're somebody and like I said this probably message will probably be for next week that has left something through all that was went on in your life you were turned back and went back fishing in your own life and you need to rededicate your life to Jesus this morning as he sings please move and come to these altars go ahead Philip